Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. The race for Singapore's ninth president has officially begun. It will be a three-cornered fight on September 1st when Singaporeans head to the polls. Former GIC Chief Investment Officer Mr. Ngkok Song, former Senior Minister Mr. Dharman Shanmugaratnam and former NTUC Income Chief Executive Mr. Tan Kin Lian will have just over a week to win over the hearts and minds of voters before cooling off day on August 31st. For a deeper analysis, we're joined by Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University and former nominated Member of Parliament. First off, Eugene, what did you make of yesterday's events? Morning, Lindley. Um, I think it was uh, something that many Singaporeans look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the expectation was high that we will all be going to the polls on the 1st of September. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as usual, there was all the drama, uh, yes. you know, even before um, nominations closed, you know, early in the morning, you know, there was that controversy over Mr. Tan Kin Lian's post. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we will see a very rich campaign in the days ahead. And hopefully, you know, that will enlighten Singaporeans about the role of the president the powers of the president as well as the limitations as they go about deciding you know who mm. they think mm-hmm. should be Singapore's head of state so this time around the election is open to all races we've got a larger population of more than 2.7 million eligible voters including a sizable number of young and first-time voters which form about 15 percent of the electorate so what kind of discourse do you think will be important for the candidates to have with the electorate ahead of the polls I would say that given the nature of the president's office, the fact that the president is not an alternative centre of power, that the president has no policymaking agenda ability, and because the president is the unifying figure of Singapore, that we will have a dignified discourse Mm -hmm. about what each candidate brings to the table, uh, not just to the presidency, but also to Singapore. Because I think in the end, when you look at the head of state, it plays such an important role, right? Uh, Even though it doesn't have control or direction of public policy, but the role as, you know, Singapore's chief diplomat, um, you know, the role as the head of state, plus the custodial powers, I think, you know, to protect the reserves as well as the integrity of the public Mm -hmm. service, I think it is important, um, you know, that the campaign brings Singaporeans together you know, to a better understanding of the presidency. And the campaign should not be a bruising one, you know, such that you will have a situation where, uh, you know, society becomes somewhat divided, uh, you mm-hmm. know, as a result of the different contestation. I, I mean, there is no policy platforms by which candidates will contend with each other. You know, it's really about what they bring to the table, in my view. We know that uh, it's going to be quite different from a general election in terms of campaigning. For example, the candidates have slogans, but they're not going to have an election manifesto. And based on the constitution, the president is not allowed to partake in political or policy matters. So what does it come down to? Is it really going to be a battle of the CVs? I have described it, uh, you know, the presidential contest as a battle of CVs. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, you know, the fact that the track record of the candidates matters significantly, right? Because they're not contesting on different visions of the presidency in terms of, you know, what policy agendas they have. But it is obviously more than just the track record, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at it from the track record is taking a very rational approach. But I think voters will certainly also consider 
which candidate inspires trust and confidence, which candidate they think, you know, will represent Singapore well on the international stage. I mean, you know, we tend to think of this as very ceremonial sort of functions. But I think, you know, given the small state that Singapore is, I think it is very important, you know, that every prominent leader, and in this case, the head of state, you know, be able to put Singapore's position, um, you know, to foreign leaders, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to international organisations, you know, in, in a way that projects our voice, protects our national interests and promotes, uh, you know, Singapore's interests. So I think it's more than just a battle of CV, but certainly one that I still feel, you know, that the track record matters because it gives us a good indication of how a particular candidate is going to function in that very important office. Let's get into what they've been saying in terms of their nomination speeches. Mr. Ungkok Song says he aims to safeguard Singapore's three national treasures, namely reserves, good public administration and social stability. Mr. Darman offered his decades-long experience nationally and internationally against a challenging future, looking forward to a fair, dignified and honourable contest. And Mr. Tan Kin Lian stressed that if he's elected, he will safeguard the reserves and uphold the integrity of the public service diligently, honestly and to the best of his ability. Beyond that, how would you assess each of the candidates based on the issues they've said they will champion so far? You know, these were statements that were made in the short two-minute speeches that each candidate had, you know, after they were confirmed, you know, to be nominated candidates, you know, for Mm -hmm. uh, the election on on the 1st of September. Uh, And I think obviously, you know, if they keep to what they said (laughs) that, you know, will be the focus, I think we will have a very rich and meaningful discussion. But I think a lot remains over the coming eight days, Mm -hmm. you know, how they are going to unpack, as it were, you know, the issues, the way they, they, they're going to, how they see themselves as president, I think that's going to be critical. And we can expect drama, you know, but I think in terms of, you know, trying to assess each candidate, I, I think we, we can see based on the unofficial campaigning before nomination day, um, you know, that Mr. Ngkok Song and Mr. Tharman Shamugaratnam, you know, will very likely keep to what the presidency is. I think Mr. Tan Kinlian, you know, there's a possibility that he might seek to paint a vision of what the presidency ought to be. Mm. And again, you know, each candidate will have their own way of trying to win the hearts and minds of voters. But I think in the end, you know, each candidate will try to focus on the issues, um, you know, that matter to Singaporeans, but based on what the president's powers and limitations are. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's... 12 years since we had a, a last, uh, since the last contested uh, mm-hmm. presidential election. Um, and really, you know, each election is different and, mm. and we'll, see, we'll see what happens, you know, given the concerns that Singaporeans yes. have. Now, candidates in the coming days will be walking the ground. And I think they've already started doing that, walking the ground, mingling with electors. How much weight will this, you know, walkabouts exert when it comes to leaving an impression on voters? And how might that eventually translate to the polls? I think it's very significant, uh, you know, the, this physical in-person contact points, you know, that candidates have uh, with voters. We know that it's a given that they have to campaign online, um, you know, because that's a way in which voters can easily access uh, information about the candidates, you know, find out more about the, the candidates. But social media is somewhat scripted. In a way, I would also go so far as to say that, you know, it doesn't convey the authenticity of a candidate. It is only in 
the fiscal walkabouts, you know, when candidates engage mm. with voters, you know, that's unscripted. You know, you never know what a, a voter coming up to you is going to say, you know, how, how they might respond to you. But it is in this real world, right, where if you're able to leave a very strong impression, be able to persuade a voter, you know, that you have what it takes to be the president, you know, based on whatever else the voter may know, that this voter may then influence others mm. to say, well, maybe this is one person we should vote or this is one person that we should stay away from. I don't think social media does that. In a way, it's likening it to social media, right? You know, you can have a lot of friends, you know, but the question is how many of them are really true mm. friendships? And, and I would say that that's very much the same when it comes to campaigning. So in a way, elections have become more demanding, right? Candidates must walk the ground, mm -hmm. the physical ground, but they must always ever be present, uh, you know, on social media. But <coughs> politics and elections, well, in this case, the presidential is not about politics. <laughs> elections are, are really about a human enterprise. And I would say that that means, you know, that contact, that engagement in real time, in person is hugely important. Talking about engagement, you know, they've also selected symbols for the election campaign. Angkok Song, an open hand with a heart in its palm. Taman, a pineapple. Tan Kin Lian, a depiction of four persons holding up a flower. Why are having these symbols important, Eugene? And is there historical context to it? And how does it apply to modern times? Well, I think if you look at the history of, of uh, political symbols, um, or in, in this case, uh, election symbols rather than political symbols, mm -hmm. they were a way in which uh, voters could identify candidates, mm -hmm. right? If we look back 50, 60 years, you know, in Singapore, literacy rates were not so high mm -hmm. uh, and people may not be familiar, you know, with characters in the Roman script. Uh, and so symbols were a way of trying to connect a voter to a particular candidate. I think in today's context, you know, it is perhaps in my view less important, but still influential, right? So if, if you think about Mr. Tharman's choice of a pineapple, somewhat rather counterintuitive, right? You know, we, he didn't opt for an evocative symbol like that of the other candidates. And, and that got people talking, right? People mm -hmm. were trying to find out what exactly is the pineapple all about. And you could imagine that that would have generated a lot of traffic to his various uh, social media platforms. But I think the symbols also provide an opportunity for the candidates, you know, to convey what does the presidency mean to them. Right? You know, so, so whether it's Mr. Ng's open hand with the heart in palm and Mr. Tan Kin Lian, you know, four persons holding a flower to symbolise uh, harmony, I think all these are themes, messages, key messages that they want to put across, you know, but, you know, these symbols will mean nothing if the campaigning is totally at odds, you know, with those symbols. Singapore's president is often seen as a super diplomat, someone who flies the nation's flag high on the global stage with other world leaders, no doubt an important part of the job of the head of state. But to what extent will that matter to the majority of the voters when they make their choice? It would vary from voter to voter, right? Uh, I, I don't think it would be the top of the mind sort of consideration. But I personally hope that it would, right? Because we are looking at the president as the chief diplomat, um, you know, the head of state who goes on state visits. And it's not just the pomp and ceremony, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in meetings with world leaders, whether they come to Singapore or where, whether the president travels abroad, if we can add substance, you know, if the president can articulate Singapore's position and be able to win people over, mm -hmm. countries over for Singapore, I think that's a tremendous benefit. 
Okay, beyond the custodial duties of the president, we, we saw President Halima champion many social causes, such as protection for older workers, empowering people with disabilities, as well as building interfaith relationships and even encouraging multicultural dialogue. When ratcheting up promises during the campaign, what should the candidates be aware of and what should they steer clear of? I would say that candidates should not misrepresent the office of the president. So in that sense, you know, not campaigning on the basis for an office that doesn't exist. I think it's attractive, right? Because, you know, if you say you're going to do A to Z, um, you know, it would come across as, oh, you know, you're going to be very active, you're going to be busy, you know, you're going to be a very engaged president, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, taking on the government and all, you know. But the question really that, that should be asked, you know, can you really do all that, you know, given the constitutional powers and limits of the president. So I hope that in the end, you know, it is important to have that dignified discourse and to ensure, you know, that Singaporeans, you know, go to the polls with a clear idea of what the president can do and what mm-hmm. each candidate brings to the table. We talked about Mr Tan Kin Lian getting embroiled in controversy as a result of his Facebook posts on pretty girls. He lost his election deposit last time round in 2011. Second time hopeful, but with such a controversy, will he be able to overturn the last result? I think it's unfortunate that, um, you know, Mr Tan's campaign has started, you know, even before uh, the gun went off, you know, uh, embroiled in, in controversy. And his digging in, you know, coming up very defensive, and throwing accusations at others, I think has left, uh, at least for me, you know, a somewhat bitter taste. Uh, you know, I, I don't think this is how someone who seeks to be a unifying figure uh, ought to con- conduct himself. And I hope that, you know, he will be able to put this behind and campaign in a dignified manner, uh, something that is befitting someone who's aiming to be Singapore's president. Because I think it, you could have the whole election mired in controversy, drama, you know, and I don't think that's something that will be good for the presidency, particularly at this time when, you know, the need for a president that can unite Singaporeans, you know, at a time of greater diversity and political competition, you know, a president that can unite Singaporeans, I think, you know, will be very, very crucial. Okay. Can I put you on the spot? Certainly. (laughs) Well, I I think it's still early days, right? You know, I mean, we we all know that, you know, Mr. Tharman is widely regarded as the front runner. Mm -hmm. I think Mr. Tharman would probably want to regard himself as the underdog. Um, But the way I look at how the campaign, you know, based on the unofficial uh, electioneering, you know, before before yesterday, nomination day, Mm -hmm. I think we will probably see the race narrow down, you know, to a two-horse one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to mention who, you know, which are the which <laughs> okay. are the two candidates then, um, but I think you know we are likely to see two candidates differentiating themselves clearly. But that doesn't mean that the third candidate is way out, right? You know, and I think a lot depends on what they make of the, the campaign, um, you know, how they go about campaigning, and and how they focus on what the president can do for Singapore and Singaporeans, you know, within the constitutional framework that the president has. All right. As always, Eugene, always a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you so much for your perspectives this morning and for coming into the studio. Thank you for having me. We've been speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at the Singapore Management University, who is also a former nominated member of Parliament. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app.
That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Audio at the App Store and Google Play.